welcome to episode 55 of, of the European show. And so um, we're back from our brief break for our Euro 2020 preview. I am aware that the time this is going out, the first game has been played, but it won't really affect what we're talking about. And yeah, so obviously to, to join me as usual is Nick. Hi, welcome back. <laughs> it's been some time. Yeah, How are you doing, Jack? I'm, I'm alright. And so today we're just going to jump straight into it. And we will be having our bracket, should I say, um, for the Euros. Oh, That's what we will be creating. And so obviously the first group we'll start with is Group A, because it makes logical sense. And so the teams in Group A are Italy, Turkey, Switzerland and Wales. In my opinion, this group, away from probably obviously Group F, is probably one of the most interesting because you have Italy who people are considering dark horses because of how strong they've been under Roberto Mancini. And then you've got Turkey and Switzerland who are both teams that are like just below um, the elite teams in this competition. So you both of them have good sets of players and have the capability to go far in the tournament. There's just that one thing holding them back. And then you've got Wales, who, let's be honest, are nowhere near the team that they were last year or last time in 2016. They're a far younger team. Uh, obviously, Gareth Bale and Aaron Ramsey are five years older, and I, they, they're going to finish last in this group, frankly. I think that this, this group is interesting because it's full of uh, like mid-strength teams. Um, because Italy are, aren't really what they used to be, even though they, they are improving from their uh, last World Cup gaffe or failure to get into World Cup gaffe. But um, so yeah, I would consider them like a, like fairly strong, but not but not amazing. Then Turkey as well, they are they're, they're quite strong. I wouldn't call them elite, but uh, yeah, once again they're they kind of like in the in the middle. And then Switzerland have always got like a very competitive squad, and uh, and and I think that. These three teams are pretty even in level. Italy is probably the best one by a little bit, but uh, it creates quite a lot of uncertainty. And even then, I wouldn't write off Wales uh, like that because, as I said, they're quite a young team, so we haven't seen much of them in action. Granted, their inexperience will probably be a handicap, but uh, I think it's hard to say that they will, that just like objectively, they will be the worst team there. So I think that in terms of strength, uh, all four teams are quite evenly matched and it's, it's because there's no like a big giant powerhouse in there that is guaranteed top spot I would it, it, it's quite an unpredictable group and it's going to be one with with very exciting matches I'd say I I, I think what's interesting here is is the lack of quality strikers that three of these four teams have and so they do Obviously, I have just called Chiro Mobile uh, not a quality striker, but obviously he hasn't been able to replicate his, his goal-scoring form um, at Lazio with Italy. And, yeah, that's and Switzerland have had issues with their strikers in the past, and it's ongoing. It's obviously, sad, as much as I hate to say this, Real Mbolo is not, um, has not been able to live up to scratch with the Switzerland national team even though he has he has started and then obviously Wales um, their best striker plays in the championship which is obviously not something you should really go into the Euros um, with 
And but then obviously Turkey have Burak Yilmaz, and so well, we we've talked about Burak Yilmaz enough on this podcast. To, uh, and importantly enough, not only does does Burak Yilmaz perform with Lille, but in the in the friendlies and the and the qualifiers leading up to this to this moment, he has been showing that he he can do the same for the national team. He can just uh, carry the the attack when 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 he needs to. And we're able to take points of of France in qualifying as well. So now on to our, our ranking of the group. I think we're both in agreement that Italy will finish top and Wales will finish I've fourth. actually been really controversial here. Um, I thought I'd be a little bit saucy and I put um, first Turkey and second Switzerland with Italy in third and Wales fourth. This is obviously uh, not what anyone would expect. However, um, I think there's a bit of a habit of overestimating Italy because of their history and also underestimating Turkey and Switzerland. Uh, just because they don't have a lot of of like elite names or like well-known names, so I think that these two teams could put up a, a very good fight. I think it will be a group with a lot of draws where Italy will will just lose points, uh, in that way. But um, I, I, that, that that's my that's my uh, hot take. That's that's one of my hottest takes of the whole tournament. I think the the compromise we, the compromise we should make here, is the fact that we'll put Turkey top. But Italy will finish second because I, I, I feel like Switzerland, although I've just said they, they have some good players, um, they haven't performed as well as they could have in recent tournaments and games in general. So we can put them third, but when we get on to the best third place teams later on, we can decide if Switzerland go through or not, which they probably will. I mean, honestly, it's such an unpredictable group. You could say uh, Italy is first or second, and it, it, it's still like extremely likely. I, anything could really happen here. I think with this group, the top three teams are going to go through. Yeah, it's quite possible. Like, whoever finishes th- third is still going to qualify. Mm, exactly. Uh, so now into Group B. So obviously in this group is Belgium, Denmark, Finland, and Russia. Um, obviously Belgium are heavy favourites for this tournament and arguably this tournament and possibly the next World Cup is the last chances that this golden generation has to win anything. Um, Denmark are not as as good as they have been in the past. Obviously they did make it to the round of 16 in in the World Cup. Um, Russia, um, this will be the last tournament for a few years as they're banned from the um, 22 World Cup in Qatar for doping and this is Finland's debut in in the competition and so I think straight off the bat uh, Belgium are finishing top of this group yeah. there is no ifs or buts there's no, there's no controversy in this one this I, Belgian team uh, is too strong even without Hazard uh, or without Hazard fully fit this Belgian team has the capability to breeze into the latter stages of this competition well, and I have mm-hmm. so much faith that they will Jeremy Doku did say that if need be he can replace Hazard and I kind of believe him I'm not even going to lie but yeah um, looking at the group as a whole obviously Belgium is the strongest I've written them down as as coming first as well uh, I put Russia as the second best team I just think that overall they in recent years they've really learned to, to mesh their players together and have them um, a very solid and difficult to break down playing style and I think that they'll really be able to dominate the, um, the other two teams in, in in this group those being Denmark which I wrote down as third 
I mean, yeah, as Jack said, they haven't been as good recently, but they still have a fair amount of quality and, um, and they're still quite capable of pulling surprises here and there. Maybe maybe even making Belgium drop points out. I wouldn't even be that surprised by that. And last, I put Finland, uh, mostly because, if I'm being honest, I haven't heard that much about the Finnish team other than Timo Puki. So um, I I think it is possible that Finland may surprise me, but uh, for now I've got them as last. Well, in, in qualifying for this tournament, Russia played Belgium and Belgium um, annihilated them on both occasions. So. But no two football games are the same in fairness. But obviously Russia do have uh, the added um, aspect of HDH on their side. But I, 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 I probably see Russia finishing second in this group as well, because when I have watched Denmark play, they have not been as uh, one exciting and two good. Like yeah, they have Christian Eriksen, but and they have a solid back line, but they lack quality apart from Eriksen in in the attack in their attack. And I do think this is what's going to hinder them. Whereas Russia um, seems to heavily rely on you know, Di Um but it's worked obviously in the past as shown in in twenty eighteen. And I do think Russia will want to um, capitalize on on that momentum that they built up and use this uh, to show why they should be in the next World Cup. But obviously, they won't. On to Group C now, which has Austria, the Netherlands, North Macedonia, and Ukraine. I think this is has the potential to be quite an open group, as the Netherlands have looked poor. Well, again, and and Frank de Boer, as the manager, is bad, or he's very poor, and has made some very interesting choices, and it, I, I imagine this is going to be a big failure for the Netherlands this summer. Well, I mean, I I think the Nether the, the Dutch team uh, is is still the the weak and underachieving team it's been in the last few years, but um, looking at their group, it's it. It doesn't have particularly difficult teams. I think that most of their rivals, no disrespect to them, are uh, are quite a bit lower in compared to the Netherlands in terms of quality. So um, I also think De Boer is a little bit uh, overhated. We haven't really seen him play in a tournament yet. We've only just seen him experimenting with his squad in in um, in friendlies and such. So I think that he could uh, positively surprise us. Uh, granted, I don't think he can sun- work magic and suddenly make the the Dutch team uh, potential winners, but I think that he can he can definitely make the make Netherlands top the group, and and even if it's not just out of tactics and and the manager himself, they have they have an, a lot of quality in the side, and it, it should definitely be enough to to pull them out of the group stage at least and probably at least a decent way through the tournament as well. I I I do think that the Netherlands are going to falter here because Ukraine have actually seemed quite strong or oh, they're not obviously I'm not saying they're, they're going to make it far in the tournament but um, under Shevchenko um, they have looked quite good and they do have um, some decent players they have uh, Alexander Zinchenko of, of Manchester City who does play in midfield instead of as a fullback and then you've got Yaramcha from Ghent who has performed very well at Ghent at this time at Ghent and obviously they do still have Yarmolenko and Konoplyanka who are both ageing but they can still get the job done and I do think that they're going to cause an upset in this group 
and then obviously you've got Austria as well who I saw in a friendly against England the other week and they didn't look they seem to be a very defensive side and obviously this may help but what they should do and solely focus on is just whipping in crosses to Sasa Kalajic because obviously he is the tallest player in the Bundesliga and so they should make use of that height and use their full backs like Stefan Leiner and Valentino Lazaro as well as uh, David Alaba who does play slightly further forward for Austria um, use their ability to get the ball to Kalajic and for him to score because if you've got an asset like that it is something you should make use of as well yeah I, I do also see Austria as quite strong however um, yeah I also see Austria as, as being quite strong not, not strong than the Netherlands I think that that's uh, that, that obviously in terms of both quality and their manager the Netherlands is superior but um, they are definitely I think that should not be underestimated and they can do pretty pretty big things this Euro this, Euro, this Euros I think and then obviously North Macedonia are the fourth team um, it's their debut in the competition. They do have some good players, but I, I do think um, they're going to. They could cause an upset against Ukraine, I think. But apart from that, they they're going to struggle. Yeah, they're they're definitely the the team that's looking at, at first glance like the weakest in the group. So, obviously, fourth will be North Macedonia. Um, who are we putting as first? I'm putting the Netherlands as first. I, I I have faith in the team, I'm not going to lie. Okay, second, Austria. Same for me, yeah. And then third will be Ukraine. Yeah, indeed. And so now on to Group D, um, which has Croatia, the Czech Republic, England and Scotland. Um, England, obviously, one of the favourites for the tournament. They have a decent squad. Uh, Croatia are not the same. They still have some players... Um, left over from their run to the World Cup final but um, Mario Mandzukic, Daniel Subasic and even Rakitic are all being, have all been slowly moved out of the team um, the Czech Republic are actually looking like an interesting team they're not the whipping boys that anyone thought they used to be um, they have some solid players and and which is predominantly filled by Slavia Prague which is quite interesting all, all the players have a past in Slavia Prague and they I, I genuinely believe they could cause an upset in this tournament and then you have Scotland who um, yeah which is there I, I I think Scotland will finish last in this group frankly I think it's interesting because um, everyone was making fun of England for taking uh, four right backs and really overloading that position meanwhile Scotland who are like their direct rivals in terms of geography and also they're the rivals in the group because they will be playing each other. Uh, they they have taken four left backs, which I thought was was quite funny. I know that's just a, like a little a, a, a little. Well, England don't actually have four right backs now. They have. Yeah, yeah, but, but, but in in the original plan, they they took four right backs. I do think in England will probably finish top in this group, but it, it's not going to be easy. Like, as much as people like saying, "Oh, England are the best team in the world. England are gonna win it all." Well, they're not and Croatia and the Czech Republic are not going to be easy games it's only two years ago that England actually lost to the Czech Republic in qualifying so I do think people have to humble themselves a bit and just know that it, 
although the England team is great, it's not going to be as easy as people think it will. Because Croatia and the Czech Republic are not going to roll over and be like, take the points off them. Yeah, I, I've been a little bit controversial here again. And um, I put Croatia first and England second. This is uh, quite speculatory. It, it's not like certainly going to happen. England is is obviously the strongest in terms of in, in terms of players and in terms of players and um, quality overall. However, they do have a bit of a habit of capitulating in in tournaments and really underperforming. So well, I don't think that they'll be like completely bad this Euros. I think that um, they will struggle quite a lot. And as you said, uh, Czech Republic and Croatia will uh, really, really go out and be and, and is seriously threatened to take points away from England. And I think even Scotland, like, even though we see them as the weakest in the group, they they can still cause a lot of harm to to, to England. So I, that's why I've, I've put them second. I, I think England will finish first. Like, yeah, it, as I said, it, it's definitely possible. It, although it won't be... Um, it won't be easy I do think that England will be able to overcome uh, the obstacles that they can possibly face and so yeah but I do um, But so fourth for me is Scotland uh, third I'm, I'll put the Czech Republic second will be Croatia and first will be England yeah that makes sense are, are we in agreement for this yeah 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 for sure okay group E so it's Poland Spain Sweden and Slovakia Obviously, what's interesting about this is the fact that Spain have been hit with COVID in their squad, and so they've had, in their previous friendly they had to call up the under twenty one team um, to play against Lithuania, who they ended up beating four nil. But um, a both Poland and Sweden, I think, don't actually have um, the capability to do better than Spain. In, in this group and Spain going to win this group outright despite their lack despite the impact that Covid has had on their group I think overall the, um, the Spanish team is, is quite controversial and some people would consider it quite a lot weaker than it could be but I think that that's not going to show itself until, until later in the tournament and um, since they don't have any uh, incredibly difficult opposition in the group I, they should be all right, and would I'd write them down as topping topping the group as well. But what's obviously interesting is Poland, the fact that they have Robert Lewandowski. But um, what's quite controversial is Robert Lewandowski has not really been able to um, show up at international tournaments, and so he is the key um, to see whether or to see how how far. Poland actually goes is if if Lewandowski turns up, Poland will finish second in this group with ease and could cause issues for um, whoever they play. But obviously, if he doesn't, then Poland will probably finish third and and could probably probably even crash out of the group. Sweden obviously um, they did have Zlatan, but then they don't have Zlatan. Um, but that's probably good because you've got players like Alexander Izak and Dejan Kudzewski who are both relatively young in quite an elderly Swedish squad and will provide that energy and boost that they probably need at times as well and Slovakia um, I, I don't I think they're too weak to 
to do anything. Obviously, they still have Marek Hamsik, who is still playing, and obviously moved to Sweden uh, early on in the year to get match fit for this tournament. But obviously, I don't think he's going to be able to provide um, anything for the team. They just don't have the player quality to, to really be able to go very far. I haven't really seen much of them. Uh, so I can't really comment on, on how they fit together as a team and how good their manager is. But um, I, I definitely view them as the fourth place team compared to the others. So Spain finished top of this group. Um, are we going to go Robert Lewandowski turns up or Robert Lewandowski doesn't turn up? I think that once again, he will struggle to show up, especially since... Um, the team around him is less good than it's been in previous years. So, um, at Bayern, he's a goal-scoring machine because the team is built around him, right? But uh, in, in previous tournaments, even when, when he had some pretty decent um, teammates, he wasn't able to, to shine as much as he does for his club. And since, well, once again, as I said, the, the team is diminishing in quality overall. I don't. I don't think you're able to to do much, unfortunately. So we've got Spain first, Sweden second, Poland third, and Slovakia fourth. And now on to the group of death: Group F, Portugal, France, Germany, and Hungary. Obviously, what's a shame about this is Hungary have lost Dominic Sabozlai, um, who pulled out through injury, so they have missed a major um, attacking threat, which is a big miss for them. And has and I, I actually believe affected their chances of causing any sort of an upset but then obviously you've got Portugal, France and Germany Portugal reigning um, European champions France reigning world champions and Germany looking for revenge after their World Cup um, Portugal and France both look very very strong um, in all, all aspects of the pitch whereas I do think Germany will struggle actually as all you, yeah you can say they beat Latvia 4-0 they beat Latvia um, but I'd, so I do think that this is Portugal and France's group as Portu as if you just look at Portugal's attacking like options they're they're immense and they're just strong all over Portugal and obviously it's the same with France as well yeah absolutely I, I, I agree with the point that Germany is the weakest out of the three Mostly because the Portugal and France just have had a, a, a more established continuity of just good form and good quality in, in the last few years. Portugal underperformed in, in the 2018 World Cup, I, I would probably say. But uh, the games they played, they, they were still quite good and they looked very promising. And they've literally only been improving. Like their promising young players have just been uh, developing even better and they've been filling in roles that uh, that were weak in previous teams, so I actually um, think that they they're quite a lot stronger than Germany, who is convulsing quite a lot with um with, with many problems, including doubts over Lowe's tactics or some aging aging members of the squad, and and such like that. And then France, obviously, they're incredible. They just have a stupid amount of quality. Every position has world cast players not only starting but just on the bench as well they they, they just have they, their entire team is world class players it, it, it's ridiculous I, I i don't know how there's just this many stars in one national team so um 
I they're obviously in terms of quality the best. But uh, I I wrote Portugal down as coming first. This is this is obviously quite controversial, considering as I've just said uh, France were, were were the better team really. But I think Portugal could pull out some surprises here and there, and um, and reminisce their final that they played against France actually. Uh, in the previous Euros, in in the match they have to play against each other, uh, uh, the key area to look out for is Germany's right back position. So obviously, they may have to stick Joshua Kimmich back there, which is something that you don't really want to be doing. Yeah, it would weaken their midfield quite a lot. Exactly, and so it does make you think why they should why they should have brought Riedel back with them, who um who was one of the standout players in the under twenty one tournament. Um, Obviously, it'd be interesting for France to see how Karim Benzema and Kylian Mbappe play up front together. I do think that is something to be scary, uh, to be scared of, really. And that's why I, I think France will finish top. I've gone. I've got France, Portugal, Germany, and then Hungary are fourth. Yeah, I, I, in all honesty, Hungary can't really compete with with these giants in the in the group. And so, obviously, we've got. Um, Fourth best third place teams out of Switzerland, Denmark, Ukraine, the Czech Republic, Poland, and Germany. I do think Switzerland and Germany are obviously going to be the two best third place teams, or two of them. And then we've got Denmark, Ukraine, the Czech Republic, and Poland. I'd probably write down Ukraine as one of the other best third place teams, and potentially um, Czech Republic, but that that one I'm not too sure about. I, I, I yeah. Yeah, I'd probably agree. It would be the Czech Republic that um, go through it. So now we're going to have our break and then we'll be back with, with the knockout stages. So welcome back from our break. So now we will go on to our winner underachiever dark horse and stuff uh, or we'll first start with our our top four so I've I've gone for winner is Belgium I do believe that they realize how much is at stake um, for this and if they uh, it's their last chance or one of the last chances as a golden generation to win um, any silver work is obviously Kevin De Bruyne Eden Hazard uh, Bukaku are all aging now and by the time the next Euros comes around in 2024 they're going to be right past their peak of their powers and then you've got players like Toby Alderweireld, uh, Jan, Jan Vertonghen who are both already arguably past their peak and so obviously this is the last chance that Belgium have and I think we only got a small, they've got the experience now of a major, of getting far in a major tournament as they did in in 2018 at the World Cup and I do think they're going to learn from this now and will be able to push on and, and win the whole thing yeah absolutely I think in, in terms of uh, squad quality they have an absolutely incredible team with um with, you know, with, with just a lot of good players all around uh, a good mixture of veterans and uh, and new young players with um, especially with Torgan Hazard uh, beginning to break out He's not that young, granted, but he, but but, but he can bring a lot of, of energy in, uh, into the team. Uh, I mentioned Jeremy Doku earlier. I don't I don't actually think he's gonna permanently replace Hazard, 
uh, for this tournament. But when he comes on, because I'm sure he will play, he will contribute a lot to the to the team. So I think that he will also be very important. And then obviously, as I previously said, and Jack also mentioned, they have world world class veteran players, and uh, and and not only that, their attack just just overall they have a good team. Their attack is is stacked, and they have uh, Carrasco, Lukaku, uh, Hazard, and Hazard, uh, De Bruyne, Mertens. They just have so many options. Jeremy Doku as well, obviously. That their midfield is quite good, quite solid as well. With um. I don't know if Fellaini is on the team actually, but uh, but Witzel as well. He he was underperforming a little bit, but uh, then the big name is Telemans, another good uh, young incorporation to the team who's been really busting busting it at Leicester. And then their their back line has weakened since their previous tournaments, but I think it's still uh, very respectable and and just everything about the team is good really. So yeah, I would also write them down as my favorites. And obviously. Uh they've got Thibaut Couture goal yeah you can't overlook that he's one of the best goalkeepers in the world and obviously they do have the positive of being vaccinated as well so there's a very unlikely chance of a Covid outbreak in the Bolton squad and then I, I do think uh, the other teams that we will see in the semi-finals will be Portugal France and I'm actually unsure about the fourth team I, I, I've got a feeling it's going to be an unexpected team same same as well in, um, in the tournament tree I drew up myself. Switzerland ended up getting uh, to the semi-final, and I think well, well, it might not necessarily be Switzerland. I think it could be a team like that. Maybe they get a little bit lucky with their with their route to the semis as well, and they just put put in some amazing performances when they really need it. And suddenly we see someone who is who's quite uh, interesting. For example, in Euro twenty sixteen, Wales got surprisingly far, and uh, I, I I think that's that's always bound to happen. In a in in a tournament, so I I also actually have the same teams the the other three teams in the semis those being, uh, Belgium, Portugal, and France. As much as I've just berated Germany and the one that I did, I've actually got Germany in the semi final. <laughs> I don't know how, but yeah. So so so, so according to you, all three people who who sorry all three teams from Group F that go through will we'll end up in the semi-final yeah <laughs> and then Bel- Belgium will be the other team that would actually be extremely funny I, I, I would like to see that and so now on to our underachiever I've gone for the Netherlands because I, I do think that Frank de Boer in his time as manager has not been ironically the, the Netherlands could probably be considered favourites if Ronald Koeman was still in charge because of how well he had transformed the team but under Frank de Boer, there's some very questionable decisions in, in the team selections and obviously in the tactics as well. Him deciding to play five at the back and playing Quincy Promise as a right right wing back, which is quite odd. Quincy Promise may not even make it in the tournament because his prosecution is meant to want the people that are prosecuting him for him allegedly stabbing a family member once it done before the tournament. But I feel like as we're on the day of this starting, I don't think that's going to happen. And we will see Quincy Promise probably starting at right wing back, which is very odd. And I just think this this Netherlands team, obviously they are without uh, Virgil van Dijk in defence, who will be a big miss. But I do think um, that they're just not that good. And they're going to crash out 
at some stage, either in the group stage or in the round of 16. I was considering putting the Netherlands down as my underachievers as well, because while well, I did defend um, De Boer and overall the, the team quite a lot, I don't think they're really strong enough to get um, that far. I, I think they could get to quarterfinals pretty all right. But uh, what I wrote down, but but I, I the reason why I haven't put them down as underachievers is because no one currently expects much from them. Uh, the team is getting quite a lot of criticism, both from both from Dutch fans and from from people abroad. Uh, everyone doubts De Boer and 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 the new tactics. So the expecta- the expectations for them are quite low. Who I put down as my underachievers are Spain. Um, first of all, because as you said, quite a lot of uh, players have been affected by COVID. Uh, second of all, because uh, Luis Enrique hasn't managed the team at a major tournament yet. He also doesn't have a lot of experience with, with his players. And also, he made a lot of very controversial uh, choices and additions to the team. And I think it could definitely be a lot stronger. And uh, I, I did mention this earlier. I, I think it's definitely good enough to get through the early stages of the, through the, early stages of the tournament. But uh, I, I do think that they're going to face a collapse at some point. And their and their and the team's honestly many weaknesses will start to to show up. Especially right back. Especially right yeah, back. especially right back. Marcus Lorente, <laughs> right back. Not that he's a bad right back. Honestly, he can defend quite well. The thing is that um, taking him out of midfield is an immense loss in terms of attacking threat and speed and ball recovery. And uh, in 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 the games in the friendlies leading up to to the Euros, Spain's midfield it looked like they needed that they needed someone fast to bring the ball just all the way up, and also uh, the the main problem with with Spain recently has been their finishing. The, the kind of the joke that's been going around is that the under twenty one squad should just go and start uh, the every single game in the Euros because they score more than the actual uh, starting team. Uh, Moreta, as per usual, is very imprecise and very irregular, and so there's quite a lot of people who were questioning whether there were better choices than him for the starting striker position. So we'll have to see how uh, that saga develops throughout the tournament. Dark horse, I've gone for Turkey. This Turkish team, uh, ever since, obviously they they have been quite low key, but obviously when they go on and beat the Netherlands four two, um, it does kind of begin to raise. Um, some flags, obviously not red flags, but they're definitely a team to look out for. They've they've got it's it's an exciting team, and the fact that their manager took the team to the semi-finals of the World Cup in two thousand two, um, it's something to look look forward to. Obviously, in defence, they've got players like Uskan Kabak, uh, Mem Mehmed Demiral, and Kaglar Soyuncu all. All quality um, defenders. Then you've got uh, Yokuslu, who has played well in his time at West Brom, although they did they did get relegated. Uh, Tufan has has looked like a good box to box midfielder, and then obviously attacking wise, that's where the riches lie. They've got Burak Yilmaz, Yusuf Yazici, Cengiz Under, and Hakan Çalanoglu. And I just think that if the Turkish team gets it right, they're gonna. The, this team can go far. I, I do genuinely believe they have enough quality to be able to go far. I've also written Turkey down as my as my dark horses, basically for the same reasons as you. 
they, they, they I, I, I know really what it is that uh, improved their team so much since the last major tournament, that being the World Cup, which they didn't even make it into actually. But uh, somehow they've suddenly found themselves with a uh, with a lot of players that are performing extremely well in in every sense, both for their national teams. Sorry, both for their clubs and for the national team. And uh, and overall, they're just looking solid. As you said, it's the the squad is is also well rounded. Uh, every position is is pretty well covered. And I I I, I mean really. I just see them fully capable of pulling out multiple surprises, not 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 just one lucky game where they happen to win. I think they can genuinely beat like quite a lot of the big teams in this tournament. So I do think, and it's going to be interesting to see how they perform later on against against Italy. It's definitely a game to to watch. Well, obviously everyone's going to watch it, but it's 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 going to be interesting. Um, so my standout player for the tournament is going to be Romelu Lukaku. I mainly did this because, obviously, I predicted Belgium to be the winners. But Lukaku has—he's had a great season at um, Inter Milan, and I think he's just going to continue it. And he's going to—people say, "Oh, he used to be a flat track bully." I don't think he is anymore, and he's now going to completely change that around and just bully every defense that he comes up against, and and will be key for Belgium making it to the final and winning it as well. I I definitely see. Uh, Lukaku showing himself off as one of the best players. He had an incredible World Cup as well, um, and I think he will literally only improve from that. However, I have uh, gone for Mbappe as my as my standout player, mostly because um, he is just one of the best strikers in the world, really, and he has uh, also an incredible team behind him. And granted, uh, the the group stage will be for him a lot more difficult. Than they will be for for Lukaku, but I think that might actually be a good thing for him, as the pressure will probably make him shine even brighter. And and so yeah, that that's where I've that, that's where I, my eyes will be looking. And then obviously, you need a breakout star, someone that is gonna arguably just have a good tournament and get bought by a massive club and then be terrible after. <laughs> yeah, someone who's just some young player who happens to have the best month of his life, and then until he's amazing. Now I've gone for quite an interesting pick, someone that may not even see the light of day on the pitch. I went for Florian Neuhaus. <laughs> Obviously it's quite a controversial pick because of the riches that Germany have in their midfield, that being Ilkay Gundogan, Leon Goretzka, Joshua Kimmich and Toni Kroos, obviously. But I do think when he will get on the pitch he's going to show that he means business because in Germany's first friendly he managed to bag himself a goal. and. I do, and he has looked good um, playing for Germany, and I do think he's going to show the world what he means. People that don't watch Borussia Mönchengladbach or the Bundesliga regularly will be able to see what Florian Neuhaus uh, does and why he's so highly touted by clubs. My my breakup player is quite funny actually. It may sound stupid, but uh, but hear me out. I've got Renato Sanchez as my breakout player. And this is funny, right? Because he was the breakout player at the last Euros five years ago. So I, it doesn't make much sense, right? That he would have a breakout season and, sorry, a breakout tournament. And then five years later, have another one. Except um, after after the last Euros, um, he was bought by Bayern Munich, I believe, where he didn't 
do well at all. He he just couldn't stand out, and he just kind of faded back into 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 the unknown. And he's having a bit of a resurgence now at Lille, but uh, not many people have been paying that close attention to to Lille. Obviously, they won the tournament, but it's not like if people were watching them week in week out or like constantly keeping up with their scores and each player's performances. So uh, I think that people have have kind of forgotten about Renato Sanchez and how good he is. And uh, this tournament is coming at the perfect time for him because he's really recovering his form. And uh, well, not, not, in fact, I would say he's he's as good as he's ever been. And so I think that uh, that in this incredible Portugal side, he can once again shine, and people will remember who he is and how good he was in that in that first Euros. And and yeah, I I think he just he'll just recover his reputation again, and just essentially live the same story he lived <laughs> five years ago. Just just he's five years older now. Yeah. And... It, it, he's he's still only twenty three, so he's he's very young. It's just like he was incredibly, incredibly new when, when he when he just started last time. So now we're gonna have a, a break, and then we will be back with just some stuff to wrap up with what has occurred over the past few days that we've been away. Welcome back from our from a break. So there's just two things to round up with. So Germany uh, won the Under 21 European Championship, thank, again, beating Portugal 1-0, thanks to a goal from Lucas Nemecha. What's interesting about this is um, in the Under 19 version of the tournament two years ago, Lucas Nemecha scored the winning goal for England against Portugal as well. And so obviously Nemecha is following in the footsteps of Jamal Musiala and um, declaring for Germany instead. So it will only be a few years' time where it will be Lucas Dementia and Jamal Musiala both um, starting for Germany and beating England, which will, which will be interesting. And England do kind of get a taste of their medicine with... Uh, having players of robbing players from other countries and so the final thing that we're going to cover is formerly known as Silas Wamingatuka um, Silas Kantopa and Vupa of VfB Stuttgart or Silas as we're going to call him now um, so the other day um, Stuttgart released a statement saying that Wamingatuka wasn't Silas's actual name and that his actual name was Katompa Mvupa and so in 2017 uh, Silas had a trial uh, Anderlecht and his agent um, then pressurised him to move to Paris with him and after that trial and so Silas said yes as he was scared for um, his, his family back in the Congo and so in Paris, Silas lived with this agent and his name and date of birth were changed. So Silas was originally registered as 21 years old. He's actually 22. Yeah, furthermore, his uh, his agent threatened him with uh, essentially ostracizing him from the football world and ensuring that if if Silas did not cooperate, then, then Silas would just never play a, a, a game of football again. 
which is it's absolutely terrible. And so Stuttgart believed that the agent changed his name. So um, CLS would have to depend on this agent more. And but obviously now CLS is a new agent, and the reason why he's came out with this is the fact that um, he felt like at Stuttgart the club has supported him so much that he feels comfortable to come out with this, and it just shows. Um, one, how strong CLS has been to be able to play um, with such a burden over his head and still win Rookie of the Year in Germany. While also, it also does show how vulnerable footballers can be, especially footballers from Africa, of how much being a footballer can mean to them and what it will mean to them and their family and how much it would help them that they're quite vulnerable and people obviously prey on this and luckily CLS has been able to get out of this dependency but it's it's a common occurrence that there's always um, the debate around the age of some players mainly from Africa is obviously the agents that handle them prey on their vulnerability and I, I do think a story like this does help to um, show this. Yeah, I, I think it's. I, 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 yeah, I think uh, expanding on a point you made earlier, uh, it's scary to think of of how many people probably go through this, but uh, we don't really hear much about them because um, Silas Silas was. Well, I mean, you can say he was lucky, but um, but uh, Silas was fortunate in that he was at a, at a club that he really trusted. And uh, where he knew he would get a lot of support from, and also he happens to be an, an incredible uh, football player, and, um, and 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 this has drawn a lot of uh, of attention and support for him from from football communities everywhere. Um, but there's a lot of people who don't really have this limelight on them; they don't have the the visibility. So if this happens to them, no one will really know, and maybe uh, their football clubs will be less understanding, and and all of this. So I mean. It, it, it's terrible, and it, and I hope with this case that the, the footballing world will realize the the, the threat that, uh, that that agents can pose on their footballers, because th- th- there's many many cases of of agents being being predatory in in many in many senses uh, of the of the word towards uh, towards their towards their clients. So yeah, we'll, we'll, I, I generally hope that something is done. So now that's it for today. Um, thank you for listening. We will be back at the end of the group stage um, to just review the whole group stage and preview, obviously. We'll, not we'll see how many of our predictions are right. And so, yeah, thank you for listening. Um, please like us, follow us, subscribe to us, whatever, and share us. Yeah, and we'll see you. Um, whenever the group stage ends. Have a nice weekend and enjoy the Euros.